Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Film Review. Movies, music, culture, politics, society, podcast. Interviews, movie reviews, and more. Live Sundays at 5.30 p.m. on the Film Review Live channel. Subscribe. Hi, this is Bernadette Stannis, Thelma from Good Times, and you're watching the film review. What's going on, people? How you feeling? This is another great episode of Hashtag TFR Podcast Live, the film review, movies, music, culture, politics, society, podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Crazy D. Tracy. And we review movies, music, culture, politics, society on this podcast called Hashtag TFR Podcast Live. Replays on iHeartRadio. That's right. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to all of our platforms. We want to shout out to everybody that is on Periscope right now listening to us, right? Watching us. Vimeo listening to us, watching us. Facebook watching us, liking us. And of course, the Film Review Live channel on YouTube. That's right. We are broadcasting lively right now on all of those platforms. Make sure you smash the subscribe button, the like button, and the share button. Because because do we have a jam fill pack show for you today. So before we get started with the usual, for those of you who are into historical figures, Mm -hmm. right? Right? Well, you know, we've been telling you about this show right here, right? This show really telling we've been telling you about this show. Yeah. Right? called The Good Lord Bird, right? We've been telling you about that show. Well, this week, Frederick Douglass is introduced. And for those who love their historical figures and don't like them critiqued in satire or in character, we just want to be able to prepare you ahead of time. If you haven't watched Observations, you know, Observations, we come on Monday through Friday, 8, excuse me, 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. That's myself with my special guest, my sister, Observations by Crazy D, with my sister, Tanya M. Congress. Well, on episode 34, we extensively explore the Frederick Douglass affair. We suggest before you watch tonight's episode, (laughs) you know, or when you watch the episode on demand of the good Lord bird, that you 
watch our episode because we lay out these two women right here extensively, right? What's going on, Tanya M. Congress? We see you checking in. Listen, so we... Before you watch episode three of The Good Lord Bird, we suggest that you check out what we did here. The Frederick Douglass Affair, episode 34 on the Film Review Life channel. You go right there to and just type it in. Observations, hashtag observations, TFR, episode 34, and it'll come up. Because don't be shocked. I know some people are shocked when they find out certain truths about their... Heroes, it's no need to be shocked because we have uh, definitely laid it out there for you so that you will not have shock. So we just had to say that before we do our regular beginning because, you know, the good Lord Bird is getting kind of complex. Yeah. It's making you expand your thought process as these heroes and these sheroes are explore within these historic uh within a historic platform within said type right so it's very important that you check that out so before we go any further right <laughs> how's your week been well i'm a little under the weather okay other than that yeah yeah a little yeah. under the weather but still trooping through yeah. you know she is a trooper trooper <laughs> trooper super duper can't wait to watch it and lovecraft country that's oh, right yeah. tanya i'm yeah. congress said can't wait that's right lovecraft it's country tonight tonight, tonight is the what is the finale yeah. of lovecraft yeah. country. i saw um a writing on lovecraft country someone did a write-up on it and they said something about it was too many storylines or something so they couldn't really understand it but I understand it fine I mean this is a great show I mean this multiple it's just like I'm um, growing up you know reading those books uh, choose your choose your fate books right? yeah with different storylines going on and different adventures and that's what this is like it's like different adventures so um yeah, I'm gonna. This is the season finale tonight, and I am going to miss watching it because every week they give you something different. Yeah, everything. Every week they give something different. So let's start with some blurbs real quick. Okay. You know, we talked about this blurb on Observations TFR. Don't trust this person wrote this. Don't trust no black person that trust white people that. Law, right? That's law. Don't trust no black person that trusts white people. That's law. Which gave the question can you trust black people who trust white people? That that that's the question of you know, not tonight, but just the thing, which brings us to this meme right here. Because this came up, you know, we didn't talk about this on the show. This came up mm-hmm. and it says, and some people wonder why mm-hmm. black men don't trust Kamala. 
some people say Kamala, I say Kumala because she's not American oh, black. Okay. Harris, why black men don't trust Kumala Harris. Okay. What do you think about that? What's your thought process on, on that as far as, you know, Kamala, Camila, Kamala, you know, not seeming to well, be in the... My thoughts on her is not based on um, who she's married to. It's based on her um, experience. Like her background is with the Attorney General in San Francisco. Uh-huh. And um, my views are based on um, different... With the black community experience under... Uh, Kamala Harris when she was attorney general which was not a good experience for um, American blacks so you know you judge a person by their character um, and she called herself and she was known as the top cop Mm -hmm. and there are multiple multiple examples of um, not so kind things that uh, was done to black people either by her or by those under her in San Francisco so I judge her by not who she's married to but um, who she is as a human being so yeah but her mentality just looking at her mentality mm-hmm. would go along with who okay. she married I can right? see that that makes mm-hmm. yeah. so here, here's something that's coming up uh, talking about Diddy Right. Okay. It says Diddy's former bodyguard, okay, enter, uh, entertainment bodyguard, tells his side of the story mm-hmm. as a witness to the death of Notorious B.I.G. It's an eye opener. Wow, Diddy is all I got to say. Shake my g damn head. Watch on YouTube. Raw detail. The last uh, before. IG Big Part 1, 2, and 3. I think we saw this last year. Yeah, like, why does this keep generating It's coming up. It's coming up. See, I wanted to address this because we addressed this, like, maybe a year and a half ago, but because of Jaguar Wright coming out and then the bodyguard saying that he's never kept his mouth shut, right? Okay. So now... Here's something that's just raging all over the net also, right? This is Willie D speaking up for his dude, Ice Cube, right? Ice Cube has been solid consistently writing for the black community since he came into the game over 30 years ago. He cannot be canceled. F anybody that got it on their mind. No more talk. So if people don't know what's going on with uh, Ice Cube, you need to go back and watch one of the Observations yeah. TFR episodes, man. Our last, our last episode, I believe, so right of the yeah. week, where we broke that down to its very last compound, right? Yeah. But since then, you know, more news has been coming out. Even Stephanie Mills has gotten into the act, but we're going to discuss that on Monday on Observations at 9.30 a.m., so you want to look out for that, right? Okay. I love how these celebrities... uh, I can't tell if people are genuinely coming out because they 
um, have something to say that's important or if they're just jumping out for publicity, you know, just for attention. Or are they jumping out just to save the Caucasian? Save oh, the Caucasian. Yeah, that too. Okay, so here's Ice Cube's response to everyone going going at him, right? Okay. Episode 38. Thank you, Tanya L. Congress. This is our episode 38 on Ice Cube, right? When I got bus to school, homies called me a sellout. When I started rapping in 83, bangers called me a sellout. When I left NWA, they called me a sellout. When I was when I start doing movies rappers called me a sellout mm-hmm. when i started my own league mm-hmm. the arena said it was a sellout mm-hmm. <laughs> you see you see what's going on here you see what's going on here people are taking sides for caucasians instead of sticking right now, here's something that was happening, and I need to see what the update really of this is, because this came out a couple of days ago when I had put this on the board to look at. Okay. But something must have happened because Don Lemon must have had something okay. derogatory to say okay. about Cube, and I got so busy with real life right. that this life right here was not really necessary but he says thank you Chris now see Chris Cuomo had Ice Cube on his show and I still didn't see that interview yet but he said thanks Chris you're a man of your word Don Lemon that was some punk (laughs) you just did if you have any balls I need to be on your show Monday night at 10pm I'll be ready so I guess we'll see Monday night at 10 p.m. if Don Lemon is going to have him on the show. I mean, this is twisting up. My question is, has the dynamics changed from being um, a media source and being impartial, a reporter reporting the news, or has it turned into just nothing but entertainment and I'm only going to talk to an interview entertainers and people that make me feel good. So are you uh, reporting the news and talking to everyone and being objective or are you just an entertainment reporter? So I think now the uh, the lines are starting to get blurred, right? So because Wendy Williams show, when I watch Wendy, that's entertainment. Mm Mm-hmm. But when I turn on to a, a news source such as um, MSNBC, CNN, or Fox, I expect it to be news, right? Uh-huh. And I expect the reporters to report the news and to ask the hard questions. And if they don't understand something, sit down and meet, talk to the person, and find out what their point of view is, right? right. So it's not entertainment tonight. It's not, it's not, oh, do I want to sit down and interview this artist or, you know, because we're just talking about the arts and no, you're supposed to be a news source, CNN, correct? Mm -hmm. So sit down as a journalist. So maybe that's the question. Are these people journalists or are they talking heads? 
because maybe if we had clarity, it would make things a lot easier for everyone to, to understand all of this craziness. Right. So, you know, if you're a journalist, be a journalist. If you if a person wants to be an enter, entertainment reporter, just be an entertainment reporter or talking head. Like, this makes no sense. You know, Don Lemon is, uh, can be complex, uh, perplexing. Mm-hmm. He's not complex. He can be perplexing at times because sometimes he's on the right side of it. Mm-hmm. And not to say that you have to be on the right side of it and not have a varying opinion, but he's into sensationalism so much. A lot of things he does good, but that sensationalism, mm-hmm. I don't agree with but that. The issue that I'm having with a lot of people, I am starting to see that people are, I don't know if it's like, falling back into their like childhood mind state. I don't know if this COVID and people being slightly sheltered and things changing in the world, not being able to leave and come and go freely and mingle with other people as we used to because some people mentally are start. I don't want to say a mental decline, but people aren't able to be objective. Right. Like they want to pick sides like children like uh, you know in the play in the playground in school no I want to be on this team like it's like how about just looking into both candidates looking at both platforms it's not a, a it's not a popularity contest it's about facts what's important what's, what's best for you what's best for the community was was best for the world not about who you like because i don't like what they said and how they said it it's it's turning into like elementary school or junior high school like i don't know if this whole covid situation is bigger than just like covid because i'm starting to see a mental decline in a lot of people people are spazzing out Spazzing. it's wild i mean which on monday on Monday, on Observations TFR, hashtag Observations TFR at 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you tune in. We're going to be discussing that topic with a fable called The Scorpion and the Frog. Now, the Scorpion and the Frog can be applied in many different ways to what's going on with this election because there are certain bridges that are being burned that will not be rebuilt. There are bonds that are being broken that are not going to be able to be put back together again due to this. So we're going to be looking at the scorpion and the frog fable. Uh, episode 39 this Monday. That's going to be a good show. Yeah, it's going to be a good show. I mean, because I'm telling you, people don't know how to have a decent conversation without being rude or nasty. You know, and and it's just like, it's like talking to like a a, a toddler. It's just weird. And then especially when you know the facts versus like fiction. Like, you don't have to that's just like growing up, right? So in school, let's say in high school, a, a certain teacher may not have been your favorite teacher, right? Because you have some teachers that are considered, oh my gosh, I don't like this teacher, this teacher is too mean or whatever, this, right? But then that particular teacher that may not be popular with everyone, 
is really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Like one of my best teachers was like one of the stricter, strictest teachers in the school. Nobody liked her, but she was good at what she did. And when you graduated from out of her class, you were skilled and you walked out with information and you learned something. So, I mean, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's just crazy to me and the lies, like, you know, like I deal and I'm in the area of healthcare. So what drives me crazy is this whole, oh my gosh, you know, we have to, we're not going to have um, uh, protection uh, when we're, when we're sick. Um, we're not going to be protected and healthcare is going to change and health. And I'm like thinking, and I'm like, okay, yeah, but under Trump, nothing changed. Like the bottom didn't drop. Like I didn't see any uh, patients or clients turned away because of predisposed pre-existing illnesses. So, right. I mean. I mean, it's just like so, and then the lies and yeah, but we're gonna discuss. I mean, that. it's just a lot. I mean, it's just a lot. Like I'm like I'm objective. I'm looking at both candidates. I'm like, you know, the people on the news when they're like in between, they talk to a bunch of people, and there's there are groups of people who said, oh, I'm still listening. I'm watching both candidates. I'm still looking to decide, right? I'm still. I want to see all of the debates. I want all of the information. I'm like one of those type people. I'm not a follower. I've never been a follower, even as a child. I It's just in me. I'm not a follower. I'm like a person that looks at all the information. I'm a data person, right? I'm an analyst. So I look at tons of information. That's all I do is do the 24-7. Analyze. So that's how my mind works. So I don't just... I'm not. It's just I, I'm not just gonna jump on the team because a person says this is what I should do. So I mean, it's just alarming and to see people cursing. And they showed this one um, celebrity, literally. And this is an older celebrity, and um, him and his wife was on social media talking, and the wife is screaming and crying. And I'm thinking like doing some kind of. Yeah, I grew up watching this man on television, and he's like what in the seventies, and his wife just she's crying and screaming, and I'm just like listening to some of the stuff they're saying, and I'm like, okay, but have you gone to and looked at the platforms for both of these these two candidates? Because lady, you're about to have a nervous breakdown over. Something that's not true that's just being reported. Mm. Like, so, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. It's just, it's just wild. Now, this one came out. The woman was on an airplane. A Detroit woman says she woke up to a pastor okay. peeing on her on the plane. Now, we've seen. We've seen Soul Plane, we've seen Airplane, but I have never seen people outside of the latrine on the uh, outside of the latrine of the airplane, outside of the restroom on the airplane, peeing on someone. Right. 
You know, I mean, it's just really, it's really I'm getting telling you, out people of hand. are losing their minds. They're I, losing their minds. I don't. I'm thinking it's the way people are eating too. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, because if a lot of people are consuming more liquor than usual. <laughs> More pork and beef than usual. More junk food than anything that's not good for you will affect you mentally. I'm telling you because people are losing their minds. Now, this came from a person. A person reposted this meme that, you know, I I usually read their posts and I usually respect what they say, you know. But this meme came up and I'm looking at it. Right, yeah. so it's a superimposing of Biden's face onto Donald Trump, right? And it's from the original image. This one right here, I'm going to bring it in, right? Right. It's from this original image right here of Ali. Knocking out Sonny Liston in their second meeting, the rematch after Ali beat, uh, after uh, Sonny Liston didn't get up off the stool mm-hmm. after the fifth round. He didn't get up off the stool. And I asked, I said, is, is, uh, I said, can American blacks have anything that won't be used to profit a Caucasian? You know, there's a certain... I have learned Mm -hmm. that you have um, two groups of people um, mentality-wise, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have one group who are nothing but facts, information, about their community, about their people, um, clear cut. And then you had the other group that that get down for whatever's good, whatever looks good, whatever feels good, whatever the feel good team. And so the people that's on the feel good team, right, who are followers, they're not offended by that. This person can do no wrong, right? The feel-good team are the same group of people who, um, if we're going to talk about history, and if we're going to dive back into the past for a little bit, the feel-good team, the same people that's all okay with this, this disgrace, are the same people that's on the same team as, I'm about to, I got to run in the house and go tell Massa that they talking about getting away. They get away, they gonna cause problems for all of us. So the feel good team, the feel good people, cause it feel good right now. I don't want it to feel bad. We don't need our freedoms. It's good the way it is, right? But so the feel good team people are comfortable with this. They don't see it as a disgrace to Muhammad Ali. That is a, Muhammad they, and Sonny Liston. And Sonny Liston. Because that's they, American black they history. They don't feel that it's a disgrace. You know why? Because that feels good for them. You know why? Because they say, that's my candidate. And my candidate feels good. So anything he do feels good. It don't matter what his record is. It don't matter what he's saying. It don't matter that he just said a few weeks ago, to the to the little to the little girls 
in 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 Can't Florida in the Haitian community. Get a little older. Come back four years. Came came right. Can't wait till you get get a little older and come back in four years to, to see them do the dance that they do. Right? Didn't he say something about the dance? Yeah, yeah. Come back and see you do that dance in four yeah, more four, years. Yeah, it was fourteen. They said he said fourteen. That's a cutoff. And but when I'm you turn like, eighteen, I'm a, I'm old enough to be your great grand. And they're okay with this. And this is the same man who have had women come out and say that he sexually harassed them. But the feel-good team don't care. They don't care. And they don't care what he just said to these little girls. And, and the, a little they just chuckle uncomfortably. Uncomfortably chuckle. So yeah. the feel-good team, they don't Because care. this this is a disgrace because he say, will you just shut up, man? Now, every time, you have to go back and watch the footage. Every time Biden says, man, he's talking to a black reporter. When the black reporter asked him about a cognitive test to see if his brain was okay, he says, come on, man. It's like if I, if for you to sit down and do this interview, they had to test you to see if you're on cocaine. Oh, right. Are you on cocaine? Like, you see, where did that come from? Every time he says, man, he did the same thing to Charlemagne. He said, come on, man. If you need, if you're questioning voting for me, then you ain't black. Come on, man. Every time he says man, that is the racial slur. When, when, when Caucasians say man to you and they try to say, what's up, man? Or they don't know you, but instead of just saying sir or whatever and whatever age they are, it doesn't matter what age they are. When they say man, I just look at them and say, you are a bigot. Okay, look. I mean, because, you just look at his track record. Yeah. And I mean, you know, just look at his track record. Just look at um, the bills and policy that he's been behind. That's right. And, I you, mean, can, and you can go right to our shows. There, but people don't care. The feel good care. people don't care. <laughs> this right here, people, is an iconic image that should never be stained by the image of a Caucasian Caucasian being plastered right. over it, right? Now, if, if they had to put Donald Trump's head on that, I would be just as pissed, right? Right. You know why? Because, I don't know, what's the word? I have... Cooth? <laughs> I guess so, cooth, right? Yeah, cooth. So, I don't care who the person is. Just like... When we question something that's been done by Donald Trump, uh, Kamala Harris, Biden, we ask questions. That's right. Right? And we look into everything. And we look at everybody's platform and present Ted, each candidate's platform. That's what you're supposed to. But the people that's on the feel-good team, it feels good to feel. See, I call it the feel-good team because this is the mentality. Feeling good to be able to be a part of something, feeling like a, feeling like a team, just feeling like a follower. Don't have to think, just go along with everybody else um, because it's just easy to be a follower, I guess, for some people. So it just feels good to them. Whatever feels it good. It just feels good. Dang, it feels good to be a follower. <laughs> I guess. So. I don't know. I guess it does. Which brings us. To the first review of the night, right? Brings us to the first review of the night. 
which is a documentary called Pariah, The Lives and Deaths of Sonny Liston. That's right. The Lives and Deaths of Sonny Liston, 2019, showing right now on Showtime, starring the following people. It's a documentary, y'all, and it's well put together. Sonny Liston, Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson, uh, Willie Reddish Jr., who is a childhood friend of Sonny Liston, Helen Jean Long, which is his niece, Jerry Eisenberg, uh, Mark Rodney, Red Rodney's son. Red Rodney's son was a... I guess you could say a gangster figure out here in Las Vegas that had ties and involvement with Sonny Liston, as the uh, documentary says. Elvis Mayo plays, portrays Sonny Liston in the reenactments. Well done with that, right? Uh, Minister Abdul Muhammad, uh, Rahim Muhammad, from uh, representing the Nation of Islam. Trish uh, Goron, she's a West Side Las Vegas uh, historian. Martin Luther King is in it through archive footage. Malcolm X is in it. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad is in it through archive footage. And a young, a young, honorable minister, Louis Farrakhan, is in it. You get to see him as a young person, right? So here's our synopsis, right? A documentary that is told through the eyes of the people who were there, archival footage and beautifully scripted, filmed and edited reenactments of points in Sonny Liston's life, masterfully cut into a gumbo, which makes Pariah entertaining, but informational and informative closing the gaps in time sometimes you need gaps closed like you won't be able to figure out when this is when this happened because they don't really put dates on things right they don't put dates on things or when people are talking they don't tell you they don't tell you when certain things happen right and so this documentary puts dates to events. That's what makes it really good. What do you think about it? I think it was a really, really good um, documentary. Um, a real good historical piece because like you said, it filled in a lot of the gaps for me. And to see, just to learn more about him, how he grew up, right? Um, and what it was like for him as the champion and not be given the opportunities that we see champions given today, right? right? You know, like why wasn't he given like endorsements? Right. You know, and um, why was he shunned because he wasn't the quote-unquote um, poster boy? Poster boy, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So he was shunned basically based on a popularity contest. Yeah, right? pretty much. Yeah, so I mean, he um, it was a really good documentary. I learned a lot, you know, 
I learned a lot. And then seeing Muhammad Ali, right? Mm-hmm. And um, that just made me think about from watching previous Muhammad Ali documentaries on his life, right? And how he stood, you know, for something, right? Mm-hmm. And um, and how he was given a hard time, you know? Both were given a hard time. Both were given a hard time. Kind of like, like Malcolm X exactly. and Martin Luther King. Martin, and it was, this is what really, really floors me, right? Is that these same people who want to quote Martin Luther King. Today. Well, today, right? So back during that period, just like right now, the way people are doing Cube, right? People were, black people were treating Martin Luther King like he was a pariah. Speaking of pariahs. Black people thought that Martin Luther King was doing the right thing, wrong thing. They thought Martin Luther King was doing the wrong thing. They thought Martin Luther King was stirring up trouble. So these are the same, the same mind state that people had. Mindset. The mindset or state, right? No, no, no. Mindset. Because a mind state, you're open to all the information. Oh, yeah. They're not open to anything to close minds. Mindset. Okay. So the same type of people, right, Mm -hmm. who have something negative to say about um, Ice Cube or anybody else that's saying, okay, y'all, let's look at the facts. Let's not jump to conclusions. Okay, let's see what this candidate is bringing to the table. No, we don't care what he's bringing to the table. We hate Trump. That's the go-to. We hate Trump. Okay, so what's the issue you have with Trump? I just don't like him. Okay, so why don't you like him? He just gets on my nerve. I mean, it's just like repetitive stupidness, right? right. So, so it's like you don't a, know. You don't so, know, but... Okay. So they got. So they have to... What do you, you like know. about Biden? They don't know what they like. Oh, this is what they like about Biden. Oh, he was vice president for President Obama. Okay, so that's why. I mean, it's just so stupid. But anyway, so going back to Muhammad um, Ali and Martin Luther King, right? People gave them a hard time. So, I mean, anytime black people who are using their minds, thinking outside the box, and looking at the total complete picture with mental clarity, right? People, you know, uh, people are looking at them like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you a follower? Why aren't you going along with our stupidity? <laughs> right. So, Sonny Liston, right? So, let's let's break this down. Okay. The cinematography, especially on the reenactments, that's a 10. Storyline, through line is a 10. Okay. Sound and editing, taking the archival clips and balancing up to the... Now 4K clips, that's a 10. Okay. Uh, the reenactments, that's a 10. Yeah. Sonny as a character, building Sonny right. Liston as a character within this documentary, that's a 10. Right. Capture of the feeling of the times. Right. Then, right. that's a 10. Las Vegas as a character, very yeah. interesting right. the way that they used Las Vegas and made Las Vegas a character. That's a yeah, 10. Yeah, because I did not know that he spent as much time, and I didn't know he lived in Las Vegas. Yeah, he, he lived here. Yes. He lived here all the way up. Yeah, right? so I didn't know that. So I learned a lot. It was very uh, informative. Story beats. There are a lot of story beats in yeah. this how. Something in the past connects right. to something in the future. How certain fight situations, yeah. certain story beats. It's a, it's a ten. Yeah. Object 
objective objective versus subjective yeah. is somewhat oh, yeah, this is it's, a new it's, category. Yeah, it's more objective than it is yeah. subjective. Right. I give it a 10. Yeah. So pariah, yeah. the light. So what would you give? I would pariah? give it a 10 because like you said, a new category. It was very um objective because they gave you both point of view. Like, right? So you saw you learned about his background, right? Mm -hmm. But then you learned also um, whether it was unsavory background. Um, they put the facts on the table. They told you about that, right? And then they also told you about the positive things in his life, mm -hmm. right? So that you did get like a balance. How he was a family man. He loved his family. We right. learned that. Mm -hmm. But then we also learned that um, he had ties to, as they say, the underworld. Right. 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 So, um, but yeah, so they did give you a, a, a balance. balance. So a it, balance. Was a, it was a, a it was well objective. done. It well done. Yeah. As objective as a right. documentary can be. So right. the, so pariah the lives right. and deaths. Right. Of Sonny Liston because yes. there were in each area of his life and each age of his life there were lives right. he had lives and he had deaths right. little notches and cuts that yeah. killed his life in every instance yeah. so I give it a 10 I it is too. well worth yeah. watching yes. right yeah. so let's move moving right along here let's move over to the next uh, piece that we're going to be reviewing tonight and make sure you smash the share button, the like button, because right. you know on hashtag TFR Podcast Live, we give right. the reviews that right. saves you revenue yes. in your pocket. So you won't have to be going and necessarily having to go pay for all these uh, places to watch movies because we're going to tell you if it's good or not. And the Sunny Listen story is on Showtime. That's right. On Showtime. on Showtime. Here we go, people. So the next one that we're reviewing today is the trial of the Chicago Seven? Yes. Right. I want to shout out to Neo, uh, Neo Soul. She yeah. she was on her Facebook and she said, "You guys should be watching this." She just yeah. put it on the timeline, yeah. and I went over and I Neo Soul. She used yeah. to shop with me when she was in yeah. uh, Cleveland. Yeah. Right. She's a, a, a Neo Soul artist. Right. Neo Soul, and so I want to shout out to her because yeah. she said you should be watching this. So yeah. we went right over there and said, "Let's watch this." Yeah. And so we watched this, and it is jam packed, filling in the gaps, yes. right? Filling in the gaps, right? The trial of the Chicago Seven, yes. twenty twenty. Yes, it is on. What is it Netflix. playing on? Netflix, yep. twenty twenty film ensemble cast, yes. right? Yes. So let's see, Sasha. Baron Cohen. Yes. Sasha Baron Cohen yes. acts in this. I mean, yeah, we, we know him as well. Borat. Right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Abby, he, he portrays Abby Hoffman. Yeah, he did a great job. Eddie Romain. Right. Eddie Romain right. is Tom Hayden. Okay. Joseph Gordon Levitt is okay. Richard Schultz. Okay. Uh, Yaya Abdul Mateen the second portrays Bobby Seal. Yeah, great job. Uh, Kevin Harrison Jr. portrays 
Fred Hampton. And there's some information that they give you in this film that is shocking about yeah. Fred Hampton yeah. in this film that you did not know. You know, sometimes when they do documentaries, they don't tell you what's going on yeah. simultaneously at the same. So this film fills in gaps about Fred Hampton, and we're going to come back to that, right? Yeah. Uh, Jeremy Strong is uh, Jerry Rubin, yes. right? Um, Jer okay, I always said Jeremy Strong. Right. Um, Mark Relance is William Crutchler, uh, uh, Kinsler. Kinsler, right? Yeah. Michael Keaton is Ramsey Clark. Yeah. John Carroll Lynch is David Dillinger. Yeah. The judge kept calling him J Dillinger, yeah. like like the famous bank robber John Dillinger, but his name was. Dellinger, right? And so that was one of the uh, things, right? Yeah. Caitlin Fitzgerald is Daphne. Yeah. Very interesting character, Daphne. And Alex Sharp is Rennie Davis, right? Yeah. So this is more of a thought. This is more thoughts on the piece than it is a synopsis. Yeah. Various grassroots organizations converge on Chicago for the 1968 Democrat Convention. Remember, what's happening in 1968 where the where protests would be coming down on the Dixiecrats in 1968, right? right. 15,000 protesters from various anti-war groups right. were not issued a permit for Grant Park. Right, so fifteen thousand people converged on Grant Park. Right, eight were indicted on conspiracy. Eight defendants out of fifteen thousand people were indicted on conspiracy, though none knew each other. A, a couple of them, like, came from the same organization, so they might have been two here, two there, but for the most part, the eight did not know each other, okay. right, before the protests. Now, here's what's interesting about Fred Hampton, right? Mm -hmm. Here's what's interesting about Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton lived in Chicago. He was the member of the Illinois, he was the head president, he was the president of the head of the chapter of the Black Panther Party in Illinois, based in Chicago. Fred Hampton was at the trial because Bobby Seale was wrongfully arrested because he was not even there when the protest kicked off, but they were trying to railroad Bobby Seale. But you'll see that in the trial of the Chicago 7 because originally the you will see original posters if you go on the net and you look it up you'll see conspiracy the conspiracy 8 free the conspiracy 8 but he was not even there and you will see what happens to his situation why they call it the trial of the Chicago 7 right but Fred Hampton was in there giving him advice because they did not allow him to have a lawyer right Fred Hampton was murdered by Chicago police while the trial was on. Yep. 
So while the trial was happening and he was there every day to support Bobby Seale, he and his pregnant wife were shot were shot at. She survived. Right. He died. 4 a.m. in the morning, the police conduct a bum rush. An ambush. And he's killed. He's murdered by Chicago police while the trial is on. Which leads to the film that is coming out pretty soon called Judas and the Black Messiah. Now, if you don't know what Black Messiah means, it means J. Edgar Hoover wrote that they were on the lookout and they wanted to uh, disqualify uh, or to muddy up or to eliminate possible black messiahs that will lead American black people from out of their bondage. Co-Intel Pro. So how Bobby Seale was taken out. This is a trailer for Judas and the Black Messiah. I would really have liked to have seen uh, Stanfield actually portray uh, Fred Hampton. Right? But you know they have. You know, but you know we what? have. He, we have. We're seeing our modern day, uh, uh, modern day uh, Harold Belafonte or or uh, Sidney Poitier right now, coming from another land, telling these pro-black stories. Have we got this together yet, people? What you got to say? I believe it's gonna be a great film mm-hmm. because both are really. Really, really uh, great actors, and um, in the Chicago Seven, mm-hmm. the character actually waiting for my phone to come back up. But the the actor that played um, who played who that played Fred Hampton. Uh-huh. We reviewed him before Kevin uh, Harrison Jr. Right. Played mm-hmm. Fred Hampton in the Chicago Seven. He's been in Waves. In Waves, uh, Loose. Yeah. Great actor. Great so actor. So when he first came on the screen, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, he's going to do a great job. He's, yeah, he's a good actor. Do it. Yeah. And you know what? After seeing him in Chicago Seven, I, he would also did a great job uh, playing Fred Hampton, Trans- I believe. Portraying and, Fred Hampton. Portraying him as, uh, in the film. Uh, Judas. Yeah, yeah. Judas and the Black but Messiah. I don't think we're going to be uh, disappointed. No, we Judas won't be and the Black, and the black no. Messiah because they are really two really, really good actors and yeah. we've reviewed both of them in like multiple films and we have given them like high scores. So, and, and Lakeith Stan uh, Field mm-hmm. is yeah, I mean, we've we reviewed him. In I mean, so everything, everything he touches turns to go. Like literally, he's yeah, a, he's great. a good actor, so he's he's gonna be fine. But when we saw Chicago uh, Seven on Netflix, the judge was so angry every time he saw Fred Hampton in the courtroom, and when they announced, you know, that he. Died. The first thing I said to you is, I'm not surprised. I wouldn't. The judge. I wouldn't be surprised if the judge gave the order the way he was acting. The way he was acting. I mean, right. you know, because he didn't want him coming in the courtroom. He was angry because he was given 
advice to Bobby Seals. Right. And he knew he knew exactly who he was. Exactly. Right. And, and, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I don't want to give the film away because you have to see it, right? Mm -hmm. So when they were showing previews of this like months ago, I'm like, this is gonna be good. Yeah. So when you told me, okay, it's out, and then we watched it the same day that it was released on Netflix, and um, there's a scene when the judge gives this wicked order, and 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 it's it's done, and it's taken out on Bobby Seal. You definitely get a feel of the climate. Of the time. Of right. the time. Mm -hmm. And when the judge gives this order, there after he did that, there was no doubt in my mind that he, in my opinion, would have given an order to take to make or would have sure, been discussing or over discussing a backroom deal with back, some cigars and some yeah, how to get different. rid of right, right. Fred Hampton. No doubt in my mind after seeing what right. he did. He knew exactly who he was. Right. So let's go through it. I have to say truly that Sasha Baron Cohen okay. can mask who he is, right. and I didn't know it was him. But anyway. Cinematography, the way that they tell the story with this, like when you look at this, this is an actual shot from the movie that they made into the poster. Okay. And the low angle high shot showing the uh, diminished that the person that's in the middle, one of the, which is actually uh, Sasha Baron Cohen as uh, Abby Hoffman, right? Yeah. How menacing. This is, it's a low ankle high shot. How menacing mm -hmm. this is being a small person being taken on by the United States yeah. government, right. Right? right? That's a 10. You know what, before you finish, Jeremy Strong, who's also another one of our um, favorite actors and we reviewed um, him on the show Succession, right? Succession is on HBO. Mm -hmm. And he played Jerry Rubin. Okay. And he did a great job playing Jerry Rubin. We were trying to, we was like, wait a minute, we know him. And we put the pieces together. We're like, okay, he's on the show Succession. He did a great job, just like uh, Sasha, uh, Baron Cohen. Cohen. They did a really great job with, well, you'll go over it, but the costume and design, yeah. like they did a great job covering them up with the wigs, the mm -hmm. whole, yeah, they did great. Yaya Abdul-Martin II is Bobby Seal. He played, he played Bobby Seal yeah. to the vest. You know what I'm saying? He didn't he show did. His emotions, but nope. yet he used his face to emote. It's yeah. beautifully done. Storyline through line is yeah. a 10. Yeah. Character arc is a 10. It's something about Tom Hayden that his character arcs. It's an ensemble piece, right. and some of the characters are who they are already, right. but Tom Hayden as a character arcs okay. throughout the film. You want to look out for that. Yeah. Acting skill and emoting. I already said that. That's a 10. Right. Wardrobe, cars, right. set, yep. putting you there. That's a 10. Yep. Locations that they shot in to represent Grant Park. The use of of tight end angles to represent lots of people, but you could tell if you if you're in film that it wasn't fifteen thousand extras out there to right. 
to do this. So they used a couple of hundred people and camera angles, right. tight end cropped angles made it bring you the chaos of having a large crowd of crowd of people. Story beats, how things connect. Something happens earlier in the film that comes back later in the film. That's a 10. Believability yeah. is a 10. The historical facts in the film. It's a 10. It lets you know what the FBI as well as other investigating agencies of the government thought about what the Chicago police did that day. You have to pay attention to what that what said. See, all of this is what we see is situations repeating themselves, yeah. right? Yeah. And we keep on repeating and being on that hamster wheel. We talk about the hamster wheel all the time. And these rulings have already come down from the federal government, from the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the CIA, and other investigating agencies about what police officers do. All we have to do is just go back and research that and apply, is this a conspiracy? Did they do it the way that they did it? That would make it a conspiracy hatched by the police. But we never think to go back that far and just look at historical facts. Uh, you know what, people, I have learned during this election season that people, there are some people that do not care about facts. Mm. They don't. But um, in Chicago 7, there was a great scene mm -hmm. with um, played by Jeremy Strong. Mm -hmm. He played Jerry Rubin. Mm -hmm. And do you remember the scene where, while all of these different people are taking a stand, it just is like above one up above his head that all of these were uh, informants. Right. And you know, like you said, that like some of them FBI, the CIA, and right. and they had them. Uh, as if they were just like the everyday people, everyday uh, people. part of the uh, movement, right. and it's just like they strategically place these people to help set them up. So people have to watch out because this is still going Antifa. on today, right? <laughs> it's still going on today. So what would you give the trial of the Chicago 7 now showing on Netflix? You know what? I, I would definitely give it a 10 because... It was worth the wait. You know, it was just well done. Um, I love all of the historical facts and information given. Mm -hmm. um, and then I want to say, too, the judge, mm -hmm. Frank Langala, did a great job because he really just, like, irritated me. I mean, he did a great job as a judge. But just so people know, the judge, because we know Fred Hansen's name and we know... Um, Bobby Seale and Tom Hart and Abby Hoffman and but the judge was Julius Hoffman. Right. I don't know if he's still around today or not. Right. I, I would doubt he but was this, up in age then. This wicked cruel judge, which was it was a disappointment to me because aren't you supposed to be the man who are, who is supposed to be objective and balance and keep a balance of order, law and order? Right. But when you see this film and see how this man carried himself and how cruel he was in the courtroom, Judge Julius Hoffman, yeah. a huge disappointment. But you know what? Chicago 7 is just well done. 
And um, yeah, it's a ten. A uh, definitely a ten. And Yahya Abdul Mateen the second. We talked about him in um, The Watchmen. That's right. He played. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. So and you need to watch The Watchmen. The Watchmen on HBO. That's right. And just when you said that he did a great job um, portraying Bobby Seals and the emotion, like all, like in his face. And the Watchmen, it was all in his face, in the eyes, because yeah, he was the blue man, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, he did a great job. Right. But I would definitely so, give it a ten. So for me, the Chicago Seven gets a set. No, I'm joking. Of course, <laughs> Chicago Seven <laughs> gets a, a ten. ten. Right, right. So, so moving right along, people, moving right along as we go through the next, uh, the next film that we are reviewing is a Showtime series, right? If you are into comedy, like I am into comedy, I love blue comedy, I just love hearing comedians and how their mind work and works and how they bring about their stories. I love it. And this is a tribute to the Comedy yes. Store. It's called yeah. The Comedy Store, right? It's uh, 2020. It's uh, what... The Comedy Store is what I'm dying up here. Great show. It's loosely based on the, the comedy club that I'm dying yeah. up here. Yeah. It's loosely based on is The Comedy Store, right? And the cast of Top Comics, you get to see rare footage from Freddie Prince. Yeah. Jim Carrey is in it. He's also an executive producer along with... I'm dying uh, up here. Also executive producer. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Chappelle is in it. Whitney Cummings is in it. Uh, Sam Kennison, rare footage on Sam Kennison. Jay Leno. David Letterman, J.J. Walker, Richard Pryor, Chris Rock, Bob Saget, uh, Sarah Silverman, just to name a few of the comics. If you love comedy, if you like to laugh, jokes are timeless. And you will be watching this documentary and you will be... It's a chuckle a second in this documentary, right? Right? Polly Shore... Polly Shore's mom, you know, Polly Shore was real popular in the 90s, yeah. right? All over MTV. He, did, yep. he was a stand up comic, yep. Was uh, had movies and all that. Yep. His mom and dad owned the comedy store, right? Yep. The comedy club, I'm dying in here, is loosely based on, you know, the club, like I said before, also on Showtime. Yeah. Let me play a little bit of that trailer, too. I'm dying up here. You have to watch that show. Executive produced by Jim Carrey. So let, let's give a synopsis of what's going on with the comedy store, right? Mike Bender returns to his comedy roots to tell the story, put the spotlight on the comedy store, the comedy club that has launched the careers of comedy royalty. Owned by Mitzi Shore, Polly Shore's mom, it is the place still. Starry-eyed comics, starry-eyed comics up and coming want to work out from. They want to work and they want to uh, build their routines. If they go on late at night, 
They want to build to get to that main stage to then possibly branch out and get to other places. Back in 1972, uh, beginning in 1974, it was The Tonight Show. And Johnny Carson moved out to L.A. That people came straight in through the comedy store, right? In 1972, the comedy store was opened by Sammy Shore jointly with his wife, Mitzi Shore. When they divorced, she took over the club and took it to the heights that makes it worth having a documentary about, right? So what do you want to say about the comedy and all that you, that you see? You know what? I loved people? it. And it's just, we saw um, episode one. And it was so good. I wanted to see episode two, but it was getting so late. It was like really early in the morning. So we had to stop. It's that good. That good. And um, what, what I do like is, and what I can respect is like the honesty mm-hmm. um, among the comedians. Mm-hmm. They said, one thing about Misty is she didn't hold her tongue. She was honest. If she felt that someone was, a, was really good, she would let you know. If, if they sucked that night, she would let them know. But she would also tell them, hey, try again, come back. How about trying this? How about trying that? Just to, to work on a craft, uh, continue working on your craft. She was somebody that was in the corner. She was in the corner of the comedians. She, to me, was like their, uh, their comedy godmother. mom. Yeah, like, like godmother, godmother, right? So she looked out for all of the comedians. Um, she gave them honest um, opinions. Honest opinions. What did she tell Tiffany Haddish? She told Tiffany Haddish, mm-hmm. "You're too pretty. You, you're not going to make it in comedy. You're too pretty to make it in comedy." You know that was her opinion. You know sometimes you have to sometimes take people's opinions with a grain of salt because before. American black comic comics like Moms Mabley, right. they would doll themselves right. down and right. make themselves look rough. Right. And many times they right. had told female comedians anyway to rough yourself up to be able to but come you know across what? to the audience. But the good thing about that is her telling Tiffany Haddish that gave t- Tiffany Haddish t- the fuel to say, you know what? I'm not just a pretty face. I can be pretty, I can be funny, I'm intelligent, she's a businesswoman, right? Mm-hmm. And and that right there helped light a fuel under Tiffany to show Tiffany, hey, I can be funny but, and pretty. Yeah, but you know, at the same time, kind of in the 90s, uh, uh, Lathan came out with, okay. with, with Russell Simmons Def and Def Jam Comedy, so that kind of like yeah. opened up a vehicle for... Black, Black comics, yes. and so yes. you know, you could be pretty as yeah. long as you could sling a joke, as yeah. some people say. Right? And I love how Kevin Hart, you know, I love how he opens the door mm-hmm. for so many comedians, and you know, and he's given still to this day, he's given a platform to many comedians. And Tiffany Haddish was one, right? Was one of them. Yeah. That's right. So, so um, we reviewed a few of uh, her films, yeah. executive produced by Kevin Hart, and we also reviewed a film that her and Kevin did together. Mm-hmm. So, so, so people yeah. night school. So people listen. Yeah. Sometimes night school is hilarious. People can have opinions, but that doesn't mean that it stops you from right. doing what you're doing, right? Take it, keep it moving. You take the good. 
and bad and you just keep it moving. Keep it moving. Right? So let's let's rate this now. Cinematography okay. is a ten. Okay. Sound and editing, taking those uh DVRs and okay. the analog and bringing it into digital, mixing sound, adding okay. music, bringing the levels up. That is a 10, yes. right? Characters, yes. making the comics right. characters to tell this story. That's a 10. Yeah. Timeless comedy. Comedy is yeah. timeless. Yeah. Comedy is timeless. It doesn't matter when you hear it, unless yeah. it's something that's Specific right. that's about something happening in that time, but right. general stories about right. life experiences. Right. People usually experience similar things, so that's right. what makes it funny. That's a 10. Capturing capturing the feeling of the time, that's a 10. Yeah. The comedy store as a location that people wanted to be at. Yeah. Capturing that feeling within the story, that's a 10. Story beats, especially with the Freddie Prince story. Right, that's one of my favorite parts. Yeah, they yeah. tell the Fr Freddie Prince story. Yeah. Then in episode two, they go in and they talk about the Mitzi yeah. Mitzi Shore story. Yeah, that's a ten. Yeah, objectivity, subjectivity. Yeah. It's a pretty, it's a good balance there. So yeah, you it give is. it a ten. Yeah. Historical facts about right. the club, about the comics, right. etc., where they came from. Right. That is a 10. Yeah. So, what would you rate the comedy story? You know what? I would give it a 10 for all of the same reasons. I love the storytelling. I love, like, the funny, uh, each of the different uh, comedians that they talk mm -hmm. to. Each of them have, like, a, a different uh, little story, just nice little nuggets. Like, with. Um, Freddie Prince Jr., right? No, Freddie Prince. Freddie, Freddie Prince, Prince Jr. Is is a, right, okay, with Freddie Prince. Uh, Jimmy Walker tells a story. So I'm not going to tell this story. You have to see it when you watch it, but he tells a very interesting story <laughs> yeah. and it involves John Travolta. Yeah, so you have to watch so that. It's, yeah, I love just like the little story, just the little, little nuggets that they give you and just it was, it's well done. It's hilarious. It's, it's it's well done. Well done. So, so the comedy store is a 10. Moving right along, people. Now, you know, a couple of weeks ago, back in September, just like we did last year, okay. we dropped about the, we did a recap, whereas last year we talked about the top 10 all-time black exploitation horror films. Mm -hmm. And along with that, we went over films that were not necessarily produced or written by uh, American black producers, but okay. that have American black actors in it. Horror movies good for American blacks and the diaspora to watch. This is part three. You got to go back to the first couple of episodes of when we started dropping this down, right? right? Because we're getting ready to drop four more films that you should be watching, right? And we have them, right? Well, several films, right? Because yeah. LL has three that he is in alone. Wow. So horror movies good for American blacks to watch during this Halloween season part three, right? Yeah. A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, 
Dream Warriors came out in 1987. Character is Ken K. Okay. Ken Sagos, that's who plays that. Okay. Again, A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, 1987. Character, Ken K. Okay. Ken Sagos. Number two, okay. Deep Blue Sea, 1999. Halloween H2O, 1998. And Mine Hunters, Mind Hunters, okay. all one word, 2004, starring, all starring LL Cool J. Right. Right? You have to see these films. Horror movies good for American blacks in the diaspora to watch during the Halloween season. This is part three of that breakdown, right? Right. Number three is... Anaconda, okay. 1997. Character, Danny Rich. Actor is Ice Cube. Ice Cube finds his way into every decade. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not even like he's reinventing himself. He's right. just that prolific and right. important, right? Right. To, to the people, right? To right. the people, right? Number four. People Under the Stairs. Yeah. People Under the Stairs, 1991. Right. Uh, sub, sub tag is Kiss Your Ass Goodbye. That was a good film. I remember yeah. that film. We went to the theater to see that. Yeah, it was real good. Character is yeah. Fool. And he's pray, play, portrayed by Brandon Adams, right? Yeah. He's portrayed by Brandon yeah. Adam. And he um was such a great like child star. He adorable, mm -hmm. great actor. Um I just knew that I would see him, you know, as years went uh as a actor today, as an adult actor. Well, you know, he is an adult actor, but he was sh shot mm -hmm. along with the actor that was on um was it Steve Harvey's Okay. Show right? Okay. He was shot. Okay. Uh, it was a setup of a girl who had been jilted mm -hmm. by the guy. It's really okay. Really, uh, sad stuff, yeah. right? Really a sad Story. situation. Yeah. You know? But he recovered. Okay. And he's still in movies, still making movies today. So, you know what can you say, right? Just on a side note, people, have you seen? Have you seen the public service announcement from our possible 46th president of the United States, right? Which I do not have up right here, right now. Which one is this? Which candidate? That would be Kanye West. That's right. Kanye West. Oh, from the birthday that's party. That's right. That's right. That's right. Kanye West has his, uh, his new... <laughs> trailer out and we were going to play it but I did not pull it up but it is it's really interesting it's great we'll probably hit it next week right yeah. it's uh you know we had we, we have had, to definitely yes hit it next yeah. week because we've talked about like you know we discussed the Republican Party the Democratic Party uh, the Independent Party we've even mentioned the Green Party that's right? right and now we need to talk we need about, to talk about the birthday party the birthday party that's <laughs> right 
That's right. We may have even mentioned the Libertarian Party in it. Yeah, we 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 have. Yeah, we can't forget about the birthday party. That's right. We have to have Kanye (laughs) in there in a discussion. All right, people. So the next uh, piece that we have is the next piece is a anthology series on Hulu called Monsterland. Right. So Monsterland is on Hulu, right? Yeah. We we there are eight episodes in all, but we're talking about one, two, three, four, five out of those episodes, right? Poor, uh, the first episode is episode one, Port Fortune, Louisiana, Caitlin. Deaver is Tony. Jonathan Wall is Alex. This is a disturbing... All of the episodes are disturbing, but these five out of the eight really get your head to turning and you're like, oh my God, this is perfect for Halloween. If you have Hulu, you have to see Monsterland. Episode two is Eugene, Oregon. Uh, Charlie Tahan is Nick. Jake Casey plays the Shadow. If you if you are easy to see something out the corner of your eye, did you see it in the darkness and the light? Viewer discretion is advised. Other than that, if you can stomach it, you are there to watch it. You should definitely watch this. Monsterland is no joke. It is not for the faint at heart. Episode 3, New Orleans, L.A., right? Hamish, a link letter. Well, link later is his name, not letter. Uh, Marquise. Who, who plays Dr. Joe um, Keller. I can't read my own writing. It's so small. Uh, Marquise um, Rodriguez yep. plays George. Right. And Nicole Bahari, Bahari yeah. plays Annie. Okay. This episode. Yeah. Have you ever seen... You, you need to go onto YouTube. I, I, I had all this planned and to pull these different clips up, but you know, I ran out of time to do it. But you should go on YouTube and search when Arsenio Hall came out with oh. the remake with the second show, right? <laughs> came out in the early 2010s, yeah. right? Yeah. He had Nicole Bahari on his show, and she came out with such a. Bad attitude, you know. Arsenio Hall is from Cleveland, Ohio, so he he's got this Mac. He's got the Mac game in him. He doesn't use it because it's like it, he's like a happy-go-lucky type yeah, of dude. The audience was taken the back. Too. But she came out and she was looking around. Have you ever seen the Dr. Dre video? Uh, G thing. Nothing but a G thing, baby. And then the girl comes out and they wet her up with the 40s because she's acting like it's all sticky. That's how she was acting. And so he made her stand up, go back out, 
behind the cart curtain. He announces her again. The band strikes up. She comes out because he gave her instruction. When you come out this time, come out happy, bubbly, pleasant, say hello, boom. He made her get up and do it. It's just this madness, okay? He made her go back out and she came back on. She came back in and he sat down there for about two minutes with her and said, we're going to break. Thank you for for uh, Nicole Bahari being here. That's when you start to realize that. her again after that. No, you oh, didn't, oh, didn't. And then uh, shortly after that, she lost Sleepy Hollow, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So people are not appreciative. And you know. Yeah, because our studio was really nice. And yes. And, and, and she was just rude. But, but th- that was the start of them hiring people who are not ABOS. Okay. Right? Okay. That's my opinion on it, right? My thought on it. Yeah, because the, the television show Sleepy Hollow went on without her. Went on without her. That's and right. So, and after that, you didn't see her. Didn't you know? see her anymore. So, and then I said, I wonder if it's because of her attitude. It's your attitude that describes But on Monsterland, she did a great job. She, she did a great job. You know, she looks a little older. She... You, Take a look at the scene when she's laying in the bed and look at her hands and you can tell, in my opinion, what's been going on. Look at her hands. Okay. Episode six, right? Palacios, Texas. Palacios, Texas, right? Uh, Tai Tran is Sharko. Okay. Adria Arjona is the mermaid. Now this is a perfect example of the scorpion and the frog, right? Perfect example of the scorpion and the frog. Uh, the Sharko character is a Asian character who comes across a comes across a mermaid. He thinks that the mermaid is dead. He's probably going to just keep it on ice and then take it in and get some bread. But come to find out, the mermaid is alive. And the mermaids, you know, the mermaids can hypnotize as the folklore is good. All of these episodes are good at telling the story of the folklore that they are uh, depicting, right? So you go through and it is just like the scorpion and the frog because something awaits her right. once people discover yeah. what's really good. So yeah. you have to see that, you have right? To see it. Yeah. And then episode eight, Newark, New Jersey. Mike Coulter plays oh, okay. Brian Cook. Uh De Perot okay. Dure plays Amy Cook. Okay. Right? You know Mike Coulter from... Luke Cage. Right. He's also in another one we're going to be reviewing tonight called Evil. And of course, other films and television, right? Good job. He... This is... This story is about the loss of a child. Yeah. Angels and... You know, but if you look at this, this is not in the film, but it looks as if one of the so-called angels was the ones who lured her in, but they don't show you that. But something happens at the end. So 
Let's go through the synopsis. An anthology series okay. just in time for Halloween yes. and beyond. Uh, and beyond. Okay. Monsterland tells eight distinct stories of human desperation, mm -hmm. which lead to the characters experiencing various ends. Okay. Uh, de dealing with shadows, werewolves, demons, angels. And decisions from the past which come back to bite your ah, right? Yep. Just like uh New Orleans, Louisiana, right? Right. The mother knew. And that's all we're gonna say about that. You have to watch that. That's the yeah. Anna character, the Dr. Yeah. Joe Joe. Uh, Keller and George character as a little boy and he grows up yeah. you have to watch it it's it's really good you have to see that so out yeah. of the eight we picked out five so that's yeah that's a majority that is yeah. good right yeah so you know this so let's give the breakdown of it cinematography on this the use you can see within the trailer just the yeah. imagery that they're creating Right. That's a 10. Storyline, through line is a 10. The sound and editing, using the creepy sounds with the music and the creaking of the animals or whatnot or whatever is being used. Within the Louisiana, using the trumpet as a horrifying sound is incredible. That's a 10. Character arc is a 10. Cities that they use as a character. Okay. That's a 10. Locations within the cities that they use. That's a 10. Story beats. How one beat connects to later in the film. That's a 10. Believability is a 10. What would you give Monsterland? Monsterland was really uh, good. Um, I love all the different stories. Like the anthology. Mm -hmm. um, I love it it's all. Kind of like amazing stories. Amazing stories, right? You know, and then it's perfect now. You know, October we're mm -hmm. heading towards Halloween, mm -hmm. so this would be great to watch. Um, I would definitely give it a ten because the acting is great. I love all the different stories. Um, we still have three more stories to get to watch. <laughs> um, they did a really good job. They released it right on time. I would definitely, definitely give it a ten. And I love seeing all of the different actors, men and women from different backgrounds. Multicultural. Yeah, you know, so great storytelling. Right. So moving right along, people, moving on to the next movie that we're going to review. All right. The next uh, series that we're going to review also play, uh, also uh, stars Mike Halter. You know, Luke Cage. It also stars yeah. Luke Cage. Yeah. It's called Evil. True or false? I like mechanics. Right. Right. So we saw this on Netflix. Yes. And you can right. also see it on CBS.com. That's right. Thanks for it. I, I, I compare. I say that it's X Files meets The Exorcist yeah. meets. Nightmare on Elm Street. Right. Think about that. Right. X Files meets The Exorcist meets 
Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street. Mike Coulter is uh, David Acosta. Keija Herbers is Christian Bonchert. Asif, uh, excuse me if I butcher this. This is a, a Muslim name, a Islamic name. Asif. My daddy is Ben Shakir. Michael Emerson is Lyndon Lindell Townsend, and Christian Lati is Cheryl Larry, mother of Christian, and her mother is exactly, absolutely. Well, we're going to get to that. It's an ensemble cast piece, right? Yeah. And it's a piece about X-Files meets exorcism meets Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm just telling you, that's that's what this is. It is an interesting combination of horror connected together in a gumbo that brings Interesting television, right? There are people out there yep. who do bad Let's go through the synopsis again. Hey, this is the synopsis. Is X Files meets The Exorcist meets Nightmare on Elm Street as a basically as a basically single mother of four deals with night terrors, possessions, demon spirits. And the Catholic Church, while trying to remain skeptical about what she sees, kind of like, which one was skeptical? Scully? Or, I think it was Scully, right? That's the female. Look it up. Look it up. Because, you know, the X-File was so frustrating. I, yeah, you start putting it down after a while, but yeah. she was just—it was her like nose. She would see these freaking aliens, you know, and then the next episode, it was as if she never knew they her, exist. Her, her nose would be bleeding. She would have been probed and still say, "I think it was a dream." Right. I mean, it really got to a point where it was like her skepticism was just really to a level that was just like, "Come on, man!" Yeah. I sound like Biden there. I sound like Biden with his racist. <laughs> Miss, come on, man. Yes, it was Scully. Yeah, Scully, and then he was what? What was Mulder? Mulder. That's right. So Scully. So this is X Files meets The Exorcist meets Nightmare on Elm Street. If you are interested in that, you will love this. If you're interested in any of those franchises, you will be interested in this, right? So let's see. Where was I? Okay. So she deals with nightmares, uh, night terror, excuse me, possessions, demon spirits, and the Catholic Church while trying to remain skeptical about what she sees and experiences. And with a hippie-esque mom who didn't get the memo, the 60s are over. Anything can and will happen. Yes. What do you think about it? I mean, I think the episodes, I mean, because we're in it, we're binge watching it now. And the episodes, each one can stand alone. That's what I like. If you if you watch the trailer and you think it's just about a Hannibal Lecter type character from beginning to end, 
this is what you see in the trailer, you will be totally wrong. And matter of fact, Hannibal Lecter is nowhere in this. This is, like I said, X-Files meets Exorcist meets Nightmare on Elm Street. So what would you think? What do you think about how each episode is standalone? That's what I love about it. And um, like one of my favorite episodes is the one I would call a Halloween episode. Because it's like so many different storylines going on. I mean, because not only are we dealing with uh, the main characters, right? Um, mm -hmm. There are people out there who do bad things. The main character, the female character, the only one on the show, right? Well, other than her mom. She has these four daughters. Right, uh -huh. so they have a storyline going on too, and they're dealing with evil. Yes. So I mean, it's like evil on top of evil. Like and they're dealing with evil because uh, someone who was kind of hippie esque right opens the door. Right. For so I mean, it's just like multiple storylines going on. And meanwhile, while she opened the door for it, right. there's a whole nother evil going on yeah. trying to snatch her. I mean, so. It's I mean, twisting it's just, and turning. Yeah, so I love how each episode, you're right, stand alone. So um, it's just well written. The acting is great. I love how each episode is different. That's just like, for instance, Law and Order, right? So it's been on for years, but I don't care if it's an old episode, if it's a new episode. I mean, I'll sit down and watch. If it's on, I'm watching it. It's great, right? Each episode stands alone. It's a different story. Well, this is how evil is. Each episode is a different story. Um, although the main characters are still dealing with maybe the same issues in their personal lives, they're dealing. It's a different story. It's a different story, story. that they're dealing, dealing with, with. Right. But there are certain plot lines. That's what's so right. genius about it. certain right. plot lines right. that stick around and follow them. Yes. Yeah. Like a curse, yeah. it follows them yeah. through to yeah. the next episode. So they have their own complex problems, right? But then they have to deal with a main storyline. Then their second and third storylines happening all in the same time within this ensemble piece, beautifully edited. It is just clever, well written. Mm -hmm. Just you won't dis be disappointed. You won't be disappointed. No. The the pacing on it, yeah. right? It's not a category on my breakdown, but the pacing yeah. keeps you moving yeah, through it, and you're like, "What?" Before you Do know this? it, the episode is over. That's you're right. Like, and you're like, "What? Get, stop doing that, get it. especially with the kids." You're like, "Get." <laughs> so, what was? Let's go through the rating first before I ask you what you rated. Okay. Cinematography, the way that they tell the story, the way that yeah. they move the camera, yeah, the lighting. Yeah. The use of shadow yeah. is a 10. Yeah. Lighting and edits, uh, that's the next category, that's a 10. Storyline, through line, 10. Character arc is a 10. City as a character is a 10. The locations within the city, the houses they use, the prisons that they use, the rooms within the house that they use, that's a 10. Story beats, how the secondary and third stories follow through as the next main case that has to be solved pushes through in the narrative. That's a 10 in the story beats. 
believability. The research on the different type of like night terrors, like what you're seeing in this scene right here. And the different uh, research on uh, exorcism, on being able to tell uh, debunk Right. If it's real or not. Oh yeah, if you watch the show Ghost Hunters. Right. Yeah. Well well researched, well executed in this piece. It is. There's an episode that kinda gives a tribute to Ghost Hunters. So, right. Yeah. So what would you give evil? I would definitely give the it. show. What would you give evil? I would give the, the show. The CBS.com Netflix. <laughs> um it's well written, um, very entertaining. Um, the writing is just like clever. Mm-hmm. I would definitely give it a ten because before you know it, the episode begins. Before you know it, it's over. They get so much information in within like that hour, right? Um, so I would definitely give it a ten. Definitely give it a ten. All right, people. So the next uh, film that we're, the next series that we're showing you is, we're reviewing tonight is, oh, oh I give, oh, by the way, I give, I give Evil, the series, a 10. Okay, moving right along. The next uh, show that we're doing, the next episodic series is Filthy Rich on Fox. It's a series, uh, 2020. Kim Cattrall. Yes. Is Margaret. Yep. Uh, Mila Quelling is Ginger Sweet. Steve Harris is Franklin Lee. Gerald McRaney is Eugene. Uh, Cranston Johnson is Luke Taylor. Deneen and Deneen Tyler is Nora. Ellington, such a good word for a conductor. Yeah. Because she is the conductor. She is the one in the engineering room making sure that the camera switches to camera A, camera B, yeah. camera C. She is the person that does this, right? Yeah. So, the synopsis a wife, mother, first lady to a television ministry empire finds out some hard truths. When it appears her husband has died in a plane crash, crash, leaving her to handle family, extended family, and initial backers who don't necessarily care for her management style. This is a piece about uh, PTL Club. Do you remember PTL Club? Yeah. Jimmy Swagger. Yeah. What else? What? Oh, uh, Joel Osteen. Yeah. I mean, it's about yeah. it's Joel Osteen esque PT of yeah. uh, Tammy Faye yeah. and uh, what was Tammy Faye and Baker and, and uh, Joyce Myers. Yes, all. yes. Yep. All the people who are. Combined. Evangelical yep. evangelists that yep. have television ministries. Yep. This is what this is about yep. and the behind the scenes. So the father uh, appears to die in a plane accident, her husband, and she discovers that 
there is some extended family. That's yeah. what I will say to that. I won't go any further than that. Yeah. There is some extended family. Yeah. And she has to make the right decisions. Does she make the right decisions? Does Margaret make the right decisions? We well, you have to watch the episodes. I, I think that... Well, I'm not going to say. You have to watch the episode. Yeah. It is great episodic TV. And you can binge watch it. You can. And what I love about it is... It's like like you said. It's a combination like the GTL Club. Kind of mixed in with a little bit of... Jimmy Swagger. Swag, yeah. But mixed in with like some... Dynasty or not Landon and uh, a soap opera. It's like if you uh, watched uh, General Hospital or All My Children or that type of um, story, story, ongoing storylines with or the characters Nashville. or Nashville, Nashville or yeah. Empire, Empire, and just like a combination of all of that and like just a little bit. Even if you watch. Kim Cattrall is from, we know her from what, Sex in the City. So just a little bit of, um, a little bit of humor and um, if you all want, of that combined on. That's right, Sex in the City. But if you want to know where Kim Cattrall got her start, it was this the first one I ever saw. I was 12 years old and I remember my sister, we went to go see this movie called Porky's. And if you have never seen the movie, first of all, viewer discretion is advised because it's based in the 1950s. Okay. It's a coming of age film, okay. but it is a coming of age stag film. It's okay. about what young Caucasian dudes, greasers, would do when they were coming of age when everything was a mystery. Sex and sexuality was a mystery, and it wasn't taught the way, or it's not as an open society as it is today. And Porky's is that film, and there is a scene in it where Kim Cattrall is in. This is where Kim Cattrall got her start, and it kind of passed on. This might be the first role, major role, where she is. Head, she's the headlining star mm-hmm. where it's not like it was. Right. Because right. what she did is a scene in Porky's where the guy asks Kim Cattrall's character, she's a cheerleader, he asks her, Why do they call you? Oh man, I had it. Why do they call you? Okay, I forgot that just that fast. Is it Lassie? Why, yes, right. Why do they call you Lassie? If you do not laugh at that scene for at least 20 minutes after it's over, I will. There's a cup. Porky's is a laugh fest all the way through. You get to see what. Kind of like, is it similar to like, what was the other movie that they like, the Fast Times at Rich Fast Mount High? Fast Times at Rich Mount High. And before that, the forerunner to that was 
the movie with Jim Belushi, Jim Belushi, oh, Animal, Animal House. House. Okay. That's right. Okay. So those type of stag films okay. put put in rated R okay. formats, okay. MC seventeen formats, were put across the screen. They would not pass the censor test today. But why do they call you Lassie if you do not? That and the scene with um, with uh, Pee Wee Herman in mm-hmm. Pee Wee's Big Adventure when they're in the rig and he's driving down the street with this woman in this semi truck. Mm-hmm. She picks him up because he's hitchhiking and the woman starts telling him a story. If you do not laugh at that scene 20 minutes after it's delivered in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, let me tell you something. You're just not appreciating the comedy. And the same thing with Porky. So this will be the first one because her character in Sex and the City skin was in. And this right here. She does a great job on this show. Not so much. Right. You know, she does a great job on this show um, as the lead. The woman of the house. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I also loved about the very first episode of Filthy Rich is seeing um, actress Lindsay G. Smith and we interviewed her. We sure did. uh, Just before she walked the red carpet here in Las Vegas. Yep, we sure did. And um, she did a great job on Filthy Rich episode one. um, So it's it's worth seeing, right? It is definitely worth seeing. So let's go through through the breakdown. Okay. Cinematography is a 10. Okay. Storyline through line is a 10. Sound and editing is a 10. Character arc is a 10. Yes. Acting skill and emoting. The, the Margaret and Ginger tug of war okay. in this leaves the opportunity for yeah. both actors to yeah. be a little physical and... Yeah. And emote. When yeah. the close-up comes, it tells the story, right? Yeah. Wardrobes and sex. I mean, they really bring the evangelical, yeah, uh, they do. evangelizing. They, do. they show you the behind the scenes. They show yeah. what it takes in the control room. Yeah. It's beautifully done. That's a ten, right? Yeah. It's kind of like uh, what was that show? The morning show. The, oh, the yeah. show that we saw with. Yeah. Uh, Witherspoon, Witherspoon and, and Jennifer Aniston. That's right. They show yeah. you the behind the scenes. It's beautifully yeah. done. Yeah. Locations outside of the studio setting. Yeah. That's a tip. It takes place in, uh, isn't it Louisiana? Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, story beats, right? Yeah. Story beats. Things connecting from the past to the future. Things yeah. happening. They come back in the next episode. Yeah. It's a ten. Believability. Yeah. You believe that you are a fly on the wall behind yeah, the scenes of a televangelist yeah. situation. Yeah. That's a ten. Historical facts. Weaving in the historical facts without saying, "Okay, yeah, this is historical. This is how this happened." Right. You just see how. Things are set up and you see the historical framework of them. The the onion is pulled back. That's a 10. What would you give Filthy Rich? I would give it a 10 because it is very entertaining. Mm-hmm. And um, it's good to see um, Kim Cattrall like, 
and lead and lead yeah because it's been a you know it's been a while since sex in the city mm -hmm. so um just to see her you know with the hair to make up the clothes um great job what i loved also about this show is again like the it's very very multicultural right and um, and the storylines. What's so good about this show is, I thought we would at least be able to like seriously binge watch. But I think we're caught up now, and I think we made it through maybe four episodes, maybe four episodes. But it's so good. It's like you want more. So I said, okay, I know this is a good show because I'm pissed that I can't binge binge watch it. So um, it's good. Like I said, it's like an old to, like for me, like I loved, you know, growing up watching like the soap operas Falcon during Crest. the day and at night, the night soap operas, the Dallases, the Falcon Crest, the Nice Landing, Dynasty. And so you just combine all of that with, like you said, the, the uh, evangelists. And um, it starts out with who killed JR right because it's questionable about how the airplane goes down so that's right. going to unfold yes. in the story as it goes along yep. right so definitely definitely a 10 worth watching that's right uh filthy rich for me is a 10 plus you yeah. get to learn how people think what is written in these episodic yeah stories yeah. tell you how people think yeah. how they would move how they would rationalize yeah. how they could be the scorpion and the frog this monday oh, you can this oh, this monday at 9:30 a.m. Yep. pacific yep. 12 30 p.m. eastern yep. it's #tfr we're talking about episode 39. Can you believe it already? Wow, episode 39, yeah. The Scorpion and the Frog. How it applies to the political climate that is happening yeah. right now, yeah. how it pertains. You need to tune in on Monday. Yeah. Right? Yep. So what would you about to say about Filthy Rich? Filthy Rich, you can watch it on Fox. Watch it on Fox. And people, look. Don't forget, tonight is the finale for Lovecraft Country. Yes. If you have not seen Lovecraft Country, yeah. it is the it show for you to watch. Before that, Watchmen was the it show. If the last episode and the musical choice right. of the last episode of the Watchmen doesn't get you searching for that song, then you're just not watching the same program, buddy. And of course, tonight also is Fargo. Yes, Chris Rock. Installment four coming from Kansas City. Yes. Here I come, right? 1950s Kansas City. And the good Lord Bird. And we told you that if you are screamish if you feel that your your people who you look up to in American black American black historical figures right. 
If you don't like them in satire or being or certain truths being exposed mm -hmm. in a humorous way, then you need to be watching first episode 34 of hashtag observations yeah. TFR by Crazy D with my special guest, yeah. Tanya M. Congress, yeah. special guest host. Yeah. The Frederick Douglass affair. We break down Frederick, yeah. Frederick Douglass and his yeah. why. That's why I was prepared when I watched right. the good uh, Lord Bird. It's because I watched the Observations episode 34 when you and Tanya broke down the Frederick Douglass affair. That's right. So I was mentally prepared, but on the good Lord Bird. <laughs> I mean, they. I mean, it's kind of like after seeing the show that you guys did, uh -huh. it helped put the pieces Pulls together. Because I had a feeling um, that the second wife or mistress or whatever she was, I had a feeling what her place. Uh, was in his life at the time mm -hmm. and after watching the episode it was confirmed it was definitely confirmed yes her agenda yeah right. definitely confirmed right yeah. and it was a tug of war people so listen yeah. don't forget again Monday the scorpion and the frog hashtag right. observations TFR by Crazy D yes. with my special guest host, my sister Tanya M. Congress. Yes. Episode 39. Yes. The Scorpion and the Frog. Yes. The political climate today. There are bonds that are being ripped apart that will never be mended. Right? There are people who are following the stereotypical archetypes right. of people during this time. And we're breaking it down. So you need to tune in Monday, 9.30 a.m. Right. Pacific, 12.30 right. p.m. Eastern right. on, on Vimeo. Right. On Periscope, right. on FB, and on the Film Review Live channel. Right. Uh, Film Review Live channel on YouTube. Right. Go there right now. Subscribe. Smash the like button right. because we have brought you much information because at hashtag TFR Podcast Live, we bring the reviews right. that will save you revenue and we bring you information right. that most likely will save your life. Don't forget to go back and watch episodes 104 through 110. We right. break down the COVID, novel coronavirus, yes. how to survive it, right. and we use films, right. uh, post-apocalyptic film to right. describe it. And then make sure you uh, watch episodes 121 through now. We yeah. break down herd immunity in yeah. episode 124, right? Yeah. And we talked about what is exactly happening right now right. with Ice Cube, with ADOS, and with the people, in our opinion, trading off on your own to support I have a, question. a Caucasian. Why do you think that, because some people, I mean, it just depends on who you're talking to. 
mm-hmm. right? Because I know of some people who, um, like I have a friend and she's um, a, a Biden supporter and, you know, she tells you why and, you know, and that's it. And, you know, you just have a regular conversation. But then you have some people who are, like, when it comes to this politics, they start, like, little jabs. Well, jabs start, you know, not so nice, mean stuff, nasty comments, like, just little jabs. And it's just like, okay, so it's not really that serious. This is politics, you know, and... And, you know, if you can articulate to me why you are for this candidate, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can respect that. Right. But if you can't articulate to me why you are for a candidate other than you're just opposed to the other one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not... But then, hey, you don't have yeah, to articulate sure. it to me if you if you can't. That's fine. But... Don't be mean, rude, and nasty when all I'm doing is just asking questions. Right, because, you know, when you ask questions, people get upset. But listen. Some people, not all. But 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 people, most. I, I know the most, <laughs> most yeah. get upset because right. they, they just are used to people just taking what they say right. hook, line, and sinker. But I'm right. not a fish or right. a frog or a bottom feeder in right. the ocean. Right. Right? What I feel is immature is... For people to automatically, just because you're asking a question, oh, you must be a Trump supporter. Well, that's their default, right? Yeah, but it's like, no, I'm just asking a question. Right. Just like I, just like I ask Trump supporters questions. So if it's okay for me to ask questions regarding um, people who are voting for Trump, it's okay for me to ask questions to the people that's voting for uh, Biden so I mean it's just crazy like it's like people are offended when you start I don't know making not making them but asking them to use their brain kind of like the logic do the research yeah our last episode of hashtag observations TFR 38 we break down everything that okay. you need to know but go back and watch episode 1 through 38 because we're putting down information yes. that you can use right? right but it comes down to the to the reality that people are set in what they believe right. and if you challenge what they believe then you must be for that other Direction, and that is not true because we don't have a dog in this hunt because right. we're not voting for because we're not a Dixiecrat coon and we're not a Republican coon, we're not an independent coon or a nonpartisan coon. We are American black citizens of the United States of America, the corporation. And so we're voting, like, I'm voting for what affects me locally. Like, I look into all of the judges before and select the ones I'm going to vote for. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the sheriffs, the councilmen or councilwomen, mm-hmm. like, locally. 
Because and I look up each one to make sure that I am right. voting for the correct person. Right. And this this is what it is. No one person can put you into your personal slavery. That's what you do. Right. 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 Uh, you you're in, you're afraid of what? If you knew right. the history, you would be afraid right. of nothing. Listen, people, make sure that you check out these shows we got up here. Lovecraft is the finale tonight. Yep. Go back and watch Watchmen. Binge watch it. Right. The Good Lord Bird yep. and Fargo 4 based in Kansas City. Right. These are shows that are filling in context for you filling in the gaps of history. Right. People, we have enjoyed coming to you today. Got any last words? Just um, look up both candidates or all three in case there's an independent or <laughs> you know, for four, maybe a green candidate or libertarian, but whoever you choose, look at the platform of each of your candidates and, and make the smart decision. The smart decision for us What's is best to, for you. The best the smart decision for us is to abstain because neither candidate is good for us. People, this has been another great episode of hashtag TFR Podcast Live. The film review, movies, music, culture, politics, society, podcast. We are the husband and wife team. I'm Crazy D. Tracy. And we review movies, music, culture, politics, society on this podcast. And we will see you yeah. next Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on the Film Review yeah. Life channel. Subscribe, 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 subscribe. Yeah. Periscope. Vimeo yeah. and FB. Push See you that then. like button. <laughs> That's it. I love this show. I do too. The Film Review. Movies, music, culture, politics, society, podcast, interviews, movie reviews, and more. Live Sundays at 5.30 p.m. on the Film Review Live channel. Subscribe. Hi, this is Bernadette Stannis, Thelma from Good Times, and you're watching the Film Review. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.